to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and I don't have to imagine Dean as a big chicken, because he already is one. <laughs> and I'm Dean Jeffrey, and I certainly wouldn't be rushing out to dig for gold. Especially in the snow. Yes. Crazy people. Crazy times, Hendo. And today we are breaking down the Charlie Chaplin classic, The Gold Rush. All right, Dean, The Gold Rush is a 1925 American comedy film written, produced, and directed by Charlie Chaplin. It also stars Chaplin and in his little tramp persona, along with Georgia Hale, Max Swain, Tom Murray, Henry Bergman, and Malcolm Waite. Ah, yes. All household names, Hendo. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it. As soon as I said your good old Max Swain, you were like, yeah, of course. Classic. I know that guy. And and I think you're, you're selling this movie a little short, Hendo. This is not just a comedy. This is a dramatic comedy, as the film will tell us. I mean, it's got its drama in it. It's one of those, what, a dramedy? Would you want to call it a dramedy? No, it's a comedy. Yeah, it is a comedy. As much as the film tries to be elsewhere. Ooh, not a, not a, not a fan of the old Chaplin comedy here? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. It's just, why, why does it feel the need to start off by saying, this is a dramatic comedy? Chaplin trying just to hype his own film up, I guess. Why not? All right, Dean, have you read any of the trivia for this film? Not one. Is there lots, though? There was a bit, but I've, I've pulled out the uh, the big guns here for this one. What does so that mean? Get a, listen to this, right? So, back when Chaplin did The Kid in 1921, four years prior to this, he had employed a 12-year-old girl named Lita Gray. Oh, God. Lita, I think her name is, L-I-T-A Gray. And four years later... He was going to get her back into this film and ended up marrying her at the tender age of 16 while he was a 35-year-old man. What the fuck? Had two children with her. Oh, when? Like, around this time. Uh, That's uncomfortable, Hendo. He got her her in to play the role of Georgia, the female lead in this film. Oh, is that her? No. Listen. Okay, okay. About six months into shooting, they found out that she was pregnant. So that's when they were forced into marriage, but they were miserable together. They just it, they were so rushed into everything here. They had a really rough time. It was a bitter, bitter divorce. They actually got separated during the filming of this movie. So he had to replace her with Georgia Hale, who is the actress you see in the movie, to which he then had an affair with her after they split up. Wow. Uh, so are you are you saying that they they had twins then? Because you said Chaplin had two kids with this 16-year-old, but it sounds like they broke up almost immediately. No, so it looks like they weren't divorced uh, until three years. So I think they were probably separated at this time, to which that's when he had this illustrious affair with this Georgia Hale. But no, they did have two sons at different points in their marriage. Uh, they got married in 1924 and they, they, they got divorced three years later. Ugh, that's gross. It is definitely gross and weird. I mean, was it weird back then? I mean, it has to be, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll this, rephrase this is sort of just like it, regular trivia here. Was it accepted back then? As like, yeah, that's fine. I guess it was. Like, Cha- Chaplin, uh, did he receive flack for this? Like, he he's he went on to have a successful career still after this. I mean, I don't think his Twitter was blowing up. Oh, please. Because <laughs> Twitter wasn't around back then, Hendo. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Well, you didn't laugh, so I figured you mustn't have gotten it well, because funny, it was a very right? clever joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously the uh, the big long lingering kiss at the end of this movie was genuine because they were having their little affair. 
In case you didn't know, which I think you might know now based off our discussion off the mic, this film was reissued again in 1942, and by that time, Chaplin and Georgia Hale had moved on to the point where he actually removed the very long kiss of them at the end of that version. Really? Yeah, really. Actually, yeah, speaking of uh, versions and edits and stuff, why don't you tell everyone what version you started watching? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you about the 1942 version first. So, the movie was re-released in theatres in 1942 with a new musical score. It was it had narration by Charlie Chaplin himself over the top of the movie, where it's taken out the silent you know, text that comes up. He had a sound effects to the film. It goes for shorter time because it's in a faster frame rate. It's in at 24 frames per second. They've actually removed a pretty key scene that uh, basically changes the narrative for one of the characters and the way they look in our eyes, which I'll get to. I don't know how I feel about each version and which one's better, but this re-release actually got two Oscar nominations in 1943 for Best Musical Score of a Drama or Comedy Picture, and ironically, for Best Sound. Really? I mean, is that even allowed? I mean, it must be allowed because it got nominated. The Best Sound, it lost to Yankee Doodle Dandy. And the best music, which was nominated with another 17 films. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Lost to Now Voyager. Must have been fantastic. Surely. Yeah. So, after I started watching my version, I'm like, this is weird. Why do I have Chaplin voiceover? So, I started getting to discuss, started a discussion with you. And then we finally realized that I was watching the 42 version. And I was like, no, I'll have none of that. I'm going to go watch the old silent version. Yeah. I, I mean, you said you're unsure which is better. Are you implying that the 42 could no, have been better? No, 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 no. No, no. I'm unsure if the cutting of a specific scene was better oh, okay. to, ki- like, yeah, in terms of the narrative for this, cu- for this character. Okay. Anyway, Max Swain, I mentioned his name before, who plays, what is it, Big Jim? Is that who it is? Could be, Hendo. There is a character in this film named Big Jim. That's him then. He decided to quit, complaining he couldn't bear such a rigorous, a vigorous role wearing a thick fur winter suit. Charlie Chaplin let him leave, but then decided to coax him back. Unfortunately, he had already shaved, and rather than having him wear a fake beard, he decided to pause production so he could regrow his beard. This film went on forever, by the way. They, like I was speaking before yeah, when about you, his... When his... you said six months in, they changed the uh, lead actress, I was like, well, how long were they making this film? It took forever. Uh, after that six months where they had to change the actress, they took a three-month hiatus as well before they went back to schedule. They took some time here for this Max Swain guy to regrow his beard. The scene where the lone prospector and Big Jim have the boot for supper took three days and 63 takes before it suited Charlie Chaplin. That boot was actually made of licorice, and he was, Chaplin was later rushed to hospital uh, after suffering an insulin shock. Really? Yeah. What, too much sugar? Yes. Huh. Is that a thing, is it? For eating 63 licorice boots. <laughs> All right, but this had a budget of $923,000 and worldwide grossed $4 million. Okay, so successful. Yeah. Yes, it was the fifth highest grossing silent film in history, with the other four silent films being The Birth of a Nation, The Big Parade, Ben-Hur, A Tale of the Christ, and Way Down East. Okay. Have you seen any of them? No, uh, but I did hear some pretty negative responses to The Birth of a Nation. Is that a Hitler movie or a racist film? Oh, they're probably the same thing, aren't they? It's a, yeah, nah, it's a super racist film. Not about Hitler? No. Okay. I mean, how is it about Hitler? It was done in 1915. Was he not alive in 1915? What? I'm sure he was. When did when was World when was World War Two? Thirty eight. What? <laughs> was it not? 
Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a bit later than that. Actually, I am not the one to I think discuss it's 38 this. 38 to 44, isn't it? When do you think World War II is? <laughs> I thought it was the 40s. I think it started in the late 30s. Uh, it's 39 to 45. Oh, okay. I was off by a year. Yeah. And I was all over it with the 40s. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Let's take a look at the history of the gold rush in the IMDb Top 250 list. This debuted onto the very first list, the 26th of April, 1996, at number 131. It got its peak at number 81 in mid-1998, and its entire span has just been hovering between number 100 and 200. The lowest it ever got was actually number 200 in 2007. It currently sits right now at 153, with an 8.1 over 103,000 votes. Not bad at all, eh? Yes, but this was the random number generator pick for us this week. So, uh, interesting choice, Mr. RNG. I was going to say, not much of a choice, Hendo. I don't know if that's because of the RNG or because of the film. Why don't we find out? Let's do it. All right. So, we've got a lot of people climbing up a snowy mountain here. Yes. What do we got here? A lot of people struggling, apparently. Mm-hmm. Lots more shots of men walking. Falling over. Dying. Yes. All right. But now we get a really good scene. All right. We get Chaplin. Are we just calling him Chaplin? Are we going a lone prospector? Oh, I was going to call him Tramp. Is he actually the same person? I mean, he's in, it's the Tramp persona is what they said it. But he's called the Lone Prospector. But let's just call him Chaplin. Okay. So, Chaplin is walking on this mountainside. Very, you know, Lord of the Rings-esque. Uh, <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, yeah, he's on the side of a mountain. Side of a mountain. Snowing. I didn't see the goofy uh, de- comedy music in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, I was genuinely- We have to turn back. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, <laughs> I was genuinely shocked when this bear came out. Um, it looked yeah. it looked real. Call it me- is real. I mean, is it? Because we see a bear later yes. that is clearly not real. Yeah. Is this one actually it's definitely de- real? It is definitely real. <sighs> okay. Well, yeah. I'm very impressed. How do, how do they do this? Like, is it like Chaplin's one of those trained case, Russian bears? No, it's a full uh, outdoor untrained bear ready to attack. I mean, it's definitely not untrained because they play off each <laughs> other very well. I wonder how many takes Chaplin did with this bear here. Uh, it must have been too many because I didn't see that in the trivia. I wonder if the beast could uh, bear to do any more takes. Stop it. <laughs> Honestly, when when they bring in Chaplin here and he walk and, and he cuts in, and he's walking on the side of the mountain. I just instantly chuckled. I was like, "Hey, all right, here we go." Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the persona of him, and he's just crew like with his little penguin feet, just walking along the side oh, of a mountain. Like, of course, little, he's walking on the side of a mountain. Little pedo like, no penguin feet, good for Chaplin. Wow, this is how we're doing it now. <laughs> I mean, you should have told me at the end, right? <laughs> right at the after I give well, my star rating. Star banger. Like, oh, yeah, the you're, giving, you're giving the pedo a five star banger, are you? <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, now we're introduced to Big Jim, and he's yes. found a mountain of gold, apparently. Big chunk of it. Is it a chunk? Like, they say mountain of gold, don't they? And by say, I mean right, obviously. Yeah. Are we talking a large nugget here, or is it like a an anthill of gold? No, I would say it's a giant nugget of gold. Okay. What do you think of the, the little joke here of the tramp... Uh, Cruising through the snow, uh, and first off, he tries to lean on his cane, but it goes straight through the soft snow. Hilarious. Loved it. What about when he sees the the sign? It's like, here lies such and such. He got lost in the snow. Did, uh, it's fine. Why? Did you like that one? Yeah, I mean, like, no, I mean, that, that was the one that missed for me. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, the cane one was funnier. I liked it more when he pulls out a hand-drawn picture of a compass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just up and down, yeah. and he's trying to gauge where, like which way to go. Up north, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, cool." 
Uh, we get the, what is it? This is, must be one of, well, one of the antagonists of the film. We've got Black Larson here in the shack, all shacked up. All shacked up. Is ex- <laughs> That's that vocab of yours going, Endo. <laughs> I love how the wanted poster of him is, in, is exactly what he's wearing right now. I mean, in fairness, back in those days, I mean, he's he's running across these mountaintops looking for gold. He probably wasn't changing very often, Hendo. Yeah, he's probably got the one uniform on. That's it. I just thought it was funny. Like, I would see that in, like, a, a, a comedy parody these days. I mean, this is a dramatic comedy, Hendo. <laughs> Gotta have Can some we say dramedy? A, no, it's not a dramedy. It's a dramatic comedy. Hang on. What about the dramatic acting of Mr. Charlie Chaplin getting blown through the various doors here? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. That's good. I mean, yep, he's getting blown around. Physical comedy. Yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, I wasn't yeah. laughing. No, nah, I mean, I think it happens like too many times. Yeah, I was going to say, it goes on for too long. But when you've got a film here that's so short, there's hardly anything yeah. to it. Like, really, the plot is paper yeah. thin. Um, they, have to, they have to milk every scene for what it's got. See, I don't mind that they... They do it several times here, which d- does get a bit, you know, repetitive. But it's used to great effect when they repeat it later on down the track. When you thought you've completely forgotten about this joke, and then when he's like, "Right, I'm going to go out and see you," and opens the door and gets blown out again. Like you, you think it's over, but it happens again. Yeah. All right, Big Jim shows up here. Yep, and he does the same thing with getting blown around. Nobody has a gunfight. He has a fight with a gun here with a uh, good old Black Larson, and of course, you know, the gun's pointing at Chaplin everywhere he goes. <laughs> Yeah, I get that was that was fine. Like obviously you notice it. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. Tries to hide under the table and no matter where he goes, it, it's just gonna follow him. It's pretty good. Yeah. So what's happened here now? It looks like it's a couple of days later, or maybe who knows how long it's been. But uh they're all very hungry. They're starving. Larson has one of the worst unibrows I've ever seen. Oh yes, he does. <laughs> it's it's a shocker. Had they invented razors back then, Hendo? Out in the in the old shack, I don't think they've got a little chic razor happening. This may be a really dumb question, but is this... So, this is made... Coming from you, it will be. This is made in the 20s. Is this yes. set in the 20s? I don't think it is. I think it's set in the 1800s. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, old Chaplin here, he's, uh, he's a bit hungry and he goes to mung down on an old candle. Yeah, which apparently... Oh, no, you don't want to do that. Uh, Big Jim. No. Larson, Black Larson. Very angry. Yeah. He's like, what are you eating? Nothing. Okay. Well, these, they've just got rid of their source of light and heat. I love it how he, I love it how he throws the assault on the candle as well. Why does he do that? For a bit of taste. (laughs) Okay. I imagine that a waxy candle would not taste the best. I mean, it's going to taste better than a boot. Not a licorice boot. Mm, This is true. Are you a licorice man? I am a licorice man. Daryl Lee, I take it? Only the best. Batch 37. Tickle your fancy, doesn't it? I'm a 38 man. Ah, 38. (laughs) You've gone the next level. 39's too much. I can't take that. Yes. Yes, I see. I see. I'm not... So you eat like plain licorice? Yep. I'm a big bullet guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love a little bullet. Mm. Could go some Daryl Lee bullets right now. What about the licorice, like, squares, the cubes that have, like, the different colours and all those sort of things? You don't know what they're called. <laughs> all sorts? Yeah, all sorts. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. There you go. They're all sorts. Licorice all sorts. No, I don't like them. It's too much like a lolly. Yeah, okay. Because it's like, because the, the colourful strips in them aren't licorice. It's, it's the stuff on top of that. They're just the actual bits of licorice. Yeah, it's just a black. Yeah, and all those other ones like this, the 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 licorice circles that are covered in, like the hundreds and thousands, and nah, just go just go plain old licorice, mate. Maybe maybe a chocolate bullet, like you said. Yeah, dark chocolate bullet, of course. Of course. What do you make of the gag of uh, Big Jim leaving the house, leaving the shack, coming back, and you know licking his chops, and uh, the dog's missing, and Chaplin thinks that he ate the dog. 
Uh, yeah, it's fine. I'm just going. It's a comedy here. I'm just going through every joke they got. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. So, are they all still there at this point? They are. They're about to cut the cars yeah, okay. to see so who's going to head out to look for food. Jim gets some sort of suit, like royalty. A suit, hey? Well, you know what I mean. You mean a queen? Was it a queen? I think it was a queen. It was a king or a queen. Couldn't make out. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a black suit though. Uh, Chaplin gets a three, and you think you know, pretty unlucky, but nah. Larson gets a two. Yeah. Kudos for him for actually sticking to it, because obviously he's a wanted criminal. Uh, but he's a wanted criminal with honour, Hendo. I mean, he does kill f- multiple people in this movie. Yeah, still. Which I actually thought he killed Big Jim later on. Oh, we'll get to that, Hendo. Wow, I can't wait to hear your reaction and interpretation of that scene. <laughs> You'll be on the edge of your seat. <laughs> You're sitting there with a big shrug. <laughs> well, you know, hasn't come up in my notes yet, so. Oh, that's that's why. <laughs> uh, this is where they the uh, they eat the shoe. Yeah, this is this was honestly hard to watch. It was disgusting. But then you look at Chaplin, and he's just so. It looks like leather. It looks like they are actually putting leather in their mouth. It is. It looks so gross. They did such a good job. No, but Chaplin and making it believable. Chaplin hams it up. He hams it up, and he makes it look believable. Like he he twirls the shoelace around like it's spaghetti. Like, oh yeah, like he's <laughs> he's enjoying it. <laughs> no, he does he does a great job, but. Yeah, it's, it's it's not an easy watch, is it? I mean, it didn't bother me. It's fine. Oh, okay. Can you imagine how disgusting that boot would be, though? It's boiled, okay? It's disinfected. Would that improve it, boiling it? I mean, it wouldn't hurt. It'd be nice and hot and not as tough. I mean, so if they're boiling it, they have, like, they can just boil snow and that's water, yeah? Is that how that works? Yes. Yeah? You can just drink snow? I mean, that's probably where they got the water from, to boil the boot. Okay. I've never been to the snow. I have once. Very long time ago when I was probably, what, 15? Not that long ago then. I mean, I'm not. it's not like I'm 17 now. That's over half my age. Yeah, right. But when you're like, oh, so long ago, very long ago, I'm like, oh, he's it probably is. like six or something. Oh, I was Dude, 15. Three years ago was so long ago now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we started this podcast? It felt like I was 15. Yeah. You spoke like you were 15, Hendo. I still do. But no. So Larson finds the gold stash, I guess, here. Yeah, he, Is that what happens? He finds, he finds he, Big Jim's gold stash. Yeah, he finds Big Jim's claim, which there he's just go. gonna take. Because why wouldn't you? Because he's an honourable man, Dean, like you said. I mean he honors the, the cutting of a card. Because he's going to go out there and find I mean, his it's, stash. It's his fucking house. Like, why is he the one leaving the house? Is it his house? I mean, he- is it his house or is it just a? Sh- what do you mean it's his house? This criminal just has this house just lined up in the snow. It's a shack. He's he was there first. It's his house. Oh, maybe he killed the owners. Yeah, and ownership has been passed to him. But he's left, so it's not his anymore. But it was when he was in there. Yeah, after he killed the owners. Yes, I don't like this black Larson guy. Seems kind of sus. Doesn't seem very honourable. So what have we got? We're at the chicken. Chaplin and Big Jim. Yeah. yeah. Jim thinks that Chaplin's a giant chicken. I love how Jim complains that he's too hungry still and Chaplin offers him his other boot. <laughs> I mean. I'll boil this one. If they actually ate it, would it fill them up? I mean, what is it? Apparently if, it didn't. Like real leather, you'd imagine back then. So it's part of an animal. Is there- yeah, How much nutritional value does, le- does leather have? I mean, it's skin. Surely there's something in skin. I don't know, Dean. Why don't you go and eat a leather boot and let us know how that goes? No. Not unless it's licorice. What about a licorice boot? Daryl Lee yeah. boot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hallucinating and thinking that Chaplin is a big chicken here. Yeah. That's, that's what you see in basically every Looney Tunes cartoon now. I mean, was this technology transforming Chaplin into a chicken just like revolutionary back then? I 100% reckon it would be. Much like the scene later when they jump out of the cabin onto the snow. Yeah, that was that was good. Uh 
What's weird about this gym bit is that he snaps out of it, laughs, and is like, oh, thought it was a chicken. And then does it again and doesn't twig. Hey, I'm imagining it again. Maybe he doesn't want to believe that he isn't a chicken. He wants to just go with it now. And it's not like chickens are man-sized animals. Wouldn't you go with like a bear or something? Like how ridiculous that he's picturing someone who's chaplain size as this tiny chicken animal. But chicken tastes so much better than bear. How would you know? What? Why wouldn't you? Because I've had lots and lots of chicken, Dean. Yeah, and how and much I, bear have you had? Uh, if bear was that good, it would have been on the menu already. No, because they're an endangered species, Hendo. You would eat endangered mm. species, wouldn't you? If they taste as good as chicken, I would. Wow. That's not very nice, Hendo. Have you had kangaroo? Oh, yeah, I've had kangaroo. I've never had kangaroo. Oh, you got to get on those kangaroo steaks, mate. They're great. Do you reckon overseas sells kangaroo meat? Mm, I think it'll be a very rare commodity over there. Like, do you reckon in Russia they have bear steaks in the meat department? Bear steaks? Like, as we have, as Aussies, we have kangaroo steaks. Do you reckon you go to, like, other countries Uh, and they have, like, you know, moose steaks? Yes. They have bison. Bison. Yeah. Do you know what a bison is? Yeah, it's a giant buffalo. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) They could very well be the same. I think it's part of the moose family. What's another word for moose? Bison. No, nah, they're called something else. Mongoose. I don't think that is true at all. I think a mongoose is like a little rat-looking thing. A rat-little thing? Well, it's definitely not a moose. Anyway, I'm curious. Let us know out there, if you aren't from Australia, if you've actually seen kangaroo on the menu, if you've had kangaroo before, and let us know what you think of that delicious, delicious meat. Alk. Uh, they're also called alk. Any more facts you got while you're scrolling through your phone there? Okay. They're not the same animal, but they belong to the same family. In Europe, the word elk is used to refer to the moose. Uh, yeah, that'll do. Anyway, moving on. All right. Yes, moving on. Got big Jim following him around outside with the axe. Going a little stir crazy here. I love that they're both when they're both laying in the bed, like trying to keep an eye on each other. And you got Chaplin's little shoes hanging out the bed, but it turns out it's just him with his hands. That was good. I like that too. That got me. <laughs> yeah. But nah, because I mean, Jim's Jim Jim's going really crazy because he he says at one point like chicken or no chicken, you look appetising, <laughs> which you know this is not the craziest thing. Like he doesn't need to be a giant chicken no. for him to eat him. No, if you're going stir crazy and you're so hungry, you're definitely going to start looking at maybe a little bit of a cannibalism there. Yeah, but no. but no, after they start attacking each other, a bear shows up. Yep, uh, and they shoot the bear. Who, who shoots? Chaplin shoots the bear. Yeah, Chaplin shoots the bear. That that gets them through the uh, the cold months or however long they're there for. They they just part ways. It's like, yep, okay, good to meet you. I feel like I don't know how you feel. I think the movie gets worse now after their little stint. After they leave this cabin here, and you sort of got the dynamic between the three and then the two. I think the movie goes downhill. So once they get to once Chaplin gets to the town and and Georgia gets yeah, involved, all the Georgia stuff. I mean. <laughs> She's not a great character. Well, what else? What else we got here? Uh, Big Jim and Larson have a fight, and I genuinely thought that he like. I think he hits him in the head with a shovel. Yeah, I thought Jim was dead. I thought he killed him. Yeah, yeah. Good on you. <laughs> Is that what I said in your notes? Uh, no, I remember it. My notes say Jim's knocked out. Ah, you remember it now. But I do remember thinking he's dead. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. And then Larson what, falls off the broken cliff, and he is actually dead. Yeah, that's that's it for Larson now. Oh, geez, because I thought it was the other way around. I'm like, oh, Big Jim's dead, and Larson, ah, oh, he's he's just hurt himself. We'll see him soon. Hmm. So, oh, no, that's the end of him. I was like, all right, all right. Got his comeuppance. All right, but let's get to the dance hall scene, shall we? All right, we've got Jack the ladies' man here, who is now the new, an- the new antagonist. This guy sucks. He definitely sucks. He's not interesting. 
at all. I don't know. Why, why are they all so interested in him? I know. He's so mean to everyone. Yeah. But then again, this Georgia character, she is also super mean. What a bitch. Like, because she plays off as though she wants to get away from him, like, multiple times, but then goes back to him. Yeah. Mean. But the tram shows up at this dance hall. And after a little bit of back and forth here, they, they have a little dance. Yeah, there's nothing like watching people dance with no music. Uh, very good. Did you actually watch it like, <laughs> silent? No, but still. <laughs> was there music playing? Because there was music playing. <laughs> All right, maybe there was, but still. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did you say? Look at the tramp who's like trying to hold his he's trying to hold his pants up as he's trying to dance around. So he gets like a he gets like a hook or something. So he's holding his pants up at the same time. And then as, as when Georgia gets distracted for a bit, he ties a rope around his pants as a belt. Turns out it's a, a dog leash. <laughs> yeah. And the dog starts pulling him along. Yep. Yeah. And then and then I love it how just the kicker at the end is like, a cat just randomly comes out. So the dog has to chase that. Of course. Yeah. Often happens at uh, nightclubs. Oh, this is not a nightclub. This is a 1800s dance club. Dance club. <laughs> it's a dance hall. I mean, it's as close to a nightclub back then. As there would be, Hendo. That's true. Uh, but no, this guy, Jack, is very abusive to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Chaplin fights him and with physical comedy defeats him. That's that's what he has. He has the power of physical comedy. And he does. What, what happens? The clock falls on him and knocks him out. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, yeah but what are we up to now? We've got Chaplin. He's rocked up at Hank Curtis's house. This guy, he's going he's gonna to look after his cabin while he's off searching for... Searching for gold, is he? I mean, isn't that the only thing that men no. did back then? Yeah, he he's off to the mines, apparently. Yeah, so the, the gold mine. Chaplin's going to look after his cabin. <laughs> yes, exactly. And in between this, we get the shot of Big Jim just wandering around. Like, he's just completely out of it. I'm like, oh, all right. He's going to come back and do it. He's lost he's his memory. He's out for his big nugget of gold. Hmm. So, Georgia and her friends show up to this cabin that Chaplin is looking after. And they all are just so mean to him. Like he's 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 clearly infatuated with this girl, and he's so wanting to get to know her and that. And they're like, "Oh yeah, oh, oh we'll come and see you at mid uh, New Year's Eve. How about that? We'll have a party here." And they and they all snicker between themselves, like, "Oh yeah, like we're going to go see this guy." And he's so happy and he's celebrating. It's like these 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 women just treat him like a piece of shit. Like, yeah. what? How are we going to get on the side of Georgia here? And like Georgia finds the picture of her under his pillow, which is super creepy. Oh yeah, um, I'm surprised. But now you know what happened. Well, now you know the. Uh, but now you know the. You know the actual chaplain. You you could see it makes sense. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't you know tissues there too. I think they might have been taking it too far. <laughs> Did you like when he's uh, preparing for the uh, New Year's Eve dinner? He's throwing all the rice and what is it flour around, and he's ripping open all the pillows, just really trashing the. Oh, place. you mean when he. You mean when he's celebrating that he's going to yeah. have a, a dinner date yeah. with this girl? Yeah. And he, yeah, he tears up the feather pillows. I'm like, all right, calm down, mate. Yeah. I didn't like that. Disrespectful no. to Hank Curtis. I'm sure he'll clean it up. But he needs to make, get some money to you know afford this uh, expensive dinner he's going to have. So he starts shoveling snow in people's uh, doorways. This I love is how funny. He just, like, he just spring, like Yeah. He pulls. Like, every time he shovels the snow straight behind <laughs> him, he just piles it up onto the next one. <laughs> <laughs> and he he, ne- he never acts like he did it like he actually did that because he walked up to the next one. They're like, "Oi, shove my driveway!" He's like, "No, money, please, come on, come on, I'm not going to do this for free." Yeah. Yep. And well, I, do you think like the the way it ends is obviously he puts it in front of a prison and he's not going to shovel the prison out. Do you think it would have been more effective if he turned around and shoveled it back into the spot he'd already done? What and just went back and forth? Yeah. Or by that point he realized what he'd done. No, it was fine the way it was. Okay, you can't fine. improve Chaplin's jokes, Hendo. They're cannot timeless. improve perfection. 
All right, so it's New Year's Eve, and the the tramp cooks a, a, an utterly destroyed chicken, I might say. Uh, no, he does very well to set up this beautiful table for everyone. Mind you, he's not just having a one-woman date come over. He's got, like, the three people coming over. So, oh, yeah, but he's, he's, he's expecting everyone to show up here. But he's written to my love on one of the plates. <laughs> very confident, <laughs> our chaplain, isn't he? Oh, well, he's a, you know, he's a tender soul. He just wants to have friends. He just wants to have, you know, get to know people. And yeah, he starts imagining what oh, it would be like whoa, whoa, to have whoa, whoa. all these Before friends around. Before we get to that, what the fuck did did we need a mule to come in and eat a eat a bonbon for? <laughs> it's funny, is it? It wasn't. I, I didn't even write that down. Yeah. All right, but no, he is imagining. Uh, and this is where we get the very famous. Uh, what is this? The fork dinner roll scene. The Oceana roll dance. Is that we talking about the Oceana roll dance? What? That's what it's called, the Oceana roll dance. Which is my excellent. And it is also my excellent. Now I want to follow up by saying I don't think it's that good, right? And it came on, and I was like, oh, I know this scene. Like this is pretty famous. I think I've seen someone parody it somewhere. But I was watching. I was like, uh, you probably would have seen it. You would have seen it mostly, uh, Grandpa Simpson in an episode he does it when he has uh, B. Yes. Do you remember B? Yeah, I do remember Who, B. Yeah, and he gets all the money? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where this came from. Now, can I just say, like, I wrote down, you know, excellent question mark, but it was before the potato dance even came up. I thought this, just the scene in general of him imagining his dinner with these friends and really just having a loving time and just really wishing he could have that experience. That I think that's where it started for me with this excellent. I wrote excellent question mark and I never wrote anything after that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, but no, I, I agree because you see this character, he's not the luckiest character. He's had a tough time during the film no. and he gets this beautiful dinner scene just go perfectly for him and you do feel good for him. You do. But uh, no, they kiss, he's asleep, he wakes up and she's still not there. And it's like, ouch. Yes. Yeah. Not cool, Georgia and friends. Georgia and Jack. Making out on the dance floor. No, he never invited Jack. <laughs> Screw Jack. Yeah. No, they're celebrating at the the dance hall for New Year's Eve, dancing it up, having a having a good old time there. And Trent must hear it. He he must hear the dance hall because he starts to head down there. And that's when they that's when Georgia and her friends are like, "Hey, we should go see that uh, Chaplin fella." Because when when we supposed to go there? And I think this is this is this point where she realizes basically how much of a bitch she's been. Well, she goes there, and Jack's with them. And then they mm. they have a little argument, and she's like, "All right, it's gone too far now. You know, it's not funny anymore." He wants to kiss. She's saying no, which you know, not the first time. And he he forces himself on her. Oh yeah, who is this guy? I mean, Gen- genuine prick. Yeah, yeah, from the mind of Chaplin, mind you. Oh, he was probably there. No, no, no. You got to do it like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not right. I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Get my sixteen-year-old wife in here. Damn. So we get a little bit more of Big Jim back here. He re- like he just needs to get to the cabin, find his gold. That's all he wants. He just needs to he needs help to figure out where it is. Yep. And they do get to the cabin, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Just just before hang on, hang on. Just before that, this is where this is what we got to talk about. Before he before he sees Chaplin, he realizes, hey, you this is it's you. We got to go and get this done. So this whole scene here where Georgia writes this apology letter saying, I'm sorry for what I did last night, and it's intended for Jack, and Jack gives it to the tramp as a joke. Yep. So she never actually intended it. She never intended to apologize uh, to the tramp she was saying or sorry Chaplin to Jack. In, this, in this. Now, in the 40s version, they cut that, and, it, and they make it look like she was giving the letter to Chaplin. That's much better. 
Yes, Because it, okay. ma- it made no sense. When I saw the letter, I was like, okay. Because yep. she obviously felt bad when she was she went back there and Jack was there. She felt bad for Chaplin. It's not like she hates Chaplin, right? Hmm. Um, she's just had a joke and she realised she's gone too far. So then she writes this sorry letter. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. She's And then it's like, to Jack. I was like, what? It's like, that doesn't make yeah. any sense. That's what I thought. When she started writing the letter, I'm like, I wrote down in my notes, oh, she's writing a sorry letter for the tramp. And then, yeah. Turn, gives it to Jack. I'm like, okay, so where's the where's the arc for this girl? Like, and then when it happens later on, when she just shows up on that boat and the the you know all lovey dovey, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. There's there's nothing here. That's that's stupid. So when I found out that yeah, that what they cut was that the letter just goes straight. You don't even see her write the letter. It literally cuts out that whole part where you know he gets the letter and things like that. It it cuts to the guy gives the letter to Chaplin and it says, I'm sorry for what I did. And I'm like, much better. Yeah, I agree. But back to the cabin. It's funny yeah. where they finally find the cabin and then the storm just up and moves it. <laughs> yes, just slides the entire cabin away. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, but now nah, we're on the edge of a cliff now, Hendo. No, no, no. I love how the, the text comes up. Fate guided them to a spot where all was calm and cuts them on the side of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, so what are they doing? They're- yeah, they're rocking it here. But again, I think it goes for too long. Yeah, it happens way too many times. Yeah. Like Chaplin falls out the side three times maybe and you know when they cut to the, the exterior shot and you got this tiny little dummy or this tiny little little doll thing hanging off the side of the cliff yeah <laughs> look pretty funny but it would have been revolutionary at the time but no, now they're multi-millionaires on this boat here dressed very well i did enjoy seeing the tramp dressed well what did you so so what i thought was when they started saying hey why don't you get in your tramp gear for a picture i'm like oh he's gonna they're gonna throw him off the boat and, and it's gonna end with him just being back to a tramp just just going back to his his old life yeah yeah i for sure thought that's Which would how, be super depressing yeah yeah i was i was genuinely like oh god do not put those clothes back on like you are gonna get kicked <laughs> out of this boat so fast it's not funny and what the what the hell is georgia doing on this boat i don't know I mean, obviously, the population in the 1800s was very low. When there's a boat going, everyone's on it. You know how it is. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I is, she, is she looking for the tramp? Uh, why would she in this version of the film? Yeah, you're right. Makes no sense. Yeah. But yeah, he getting a photo and he backs up too far, falls down the stairs, and there she is. And yeah, it's about it's looking like uh, he's about to get kicked off the boat. But she says, I'll pay for him. I'll pay for him to stay. So there's a little bit of redemption. Yeah, good for her, I guess, even though he's the one who's loaded. Yeah. Well, I think if you're going to have her have a little bit of redemption, she needs to say that before she realises he's a millionaire. Yeah. Right, and that's it. They, he still remains a millionaire and they get together and that's the end of The Gold Rush. Yes, it is, Hendo. Any last words? All right, Dean, what's your final thoughts on The Gold Rush? I mean, what, what can you say about this film? It's so bloody old. It's a silent film. Does it have the charm of... Say City Lights? No, it doesn't. Does it have as good a story? No, it doesn't. It's fine. You know, is it entertaining? Slightly. You know, there's some mildly amusing stuff in this film. I never want to watch it again, but you've got to, you know, you've got to give it a, well, it was made in the 20s sort of bump, so I'm going a solid two stars, Hendo. Solid two stars. (laughs) All righto. Yes. What about you? Uh, Okay, this... This Chaplin film, I can't remember, I think when I watched it for the first time, I did give it a somewhat uh, generous review. I think it was a three or a three and a half back then. Watching it now, 
there's there is some humor. Some of it is is good. There, there seems to be some sort some innovative things that they did for the time. It's I just when you compare it, to, I'm trying trying to watch uh, consider it as its own movie. But when you compare it to a movie like City Lights, which is you know better than this film on every single level, it just doesn't hold up in terms of the you know the old classic 20s slash 30s silent era comedies or films in general. Like there there was some good stuff. The, once they get out of the cabin area into the dance hall portion with Georgia, I, re, I feel like it really drags. The excellent scene isn't even really that big of an excellent. The character of Georgia in the original version is really not great. And even if I watched the 40s version with the change in that character, I, I would have said that the the chaplain narration over the top of it was enough to give it a not recommend because I actively stopped watching that version purely for that to see if there was a you – know, something wrong with the version I was watching. Like, why is this like this? Like, I cannot watch it like this. So either version is going to be a not recommend for me. I am going to agree with you, Dean. Strong two stars. Very nice. Although I'm not sure I said the word strong. What did you say? Solid. Okay. <laughs> it is an S word, two stars. Shit. Shit house, <laughs> two stars. I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean, where's the gold rush going to sit on your rankings? All right, let's go right down to the bottom, which is my current worst film we've done. That is Rashomon. No, that is Passion of Joan of Arc, okay? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Now, it is better than Passion of Joan of Arc. Is it better than The Seventh Seal? Yes, it is. Is it better than Ben-Hur? Yes, it is. Is it better than Rashomon? No, it's not. So, I'm putting this at my new number, 94 out of 97. Do better, Chaplin. Okay. Uh, This is better than The Passion of Joan of Arc, so it's not going to be my worst film. It is better than Rashomon. I'm going to say it is not better than The Seventh Seal. I'm going to put The Gold Rush as my new number, 95 out of 97. Okay. Yeah, very similar to me. Well, I should have gone first. Then you would have been the other way around. Well, I'm just I'm just looking at your list. You like Ben Hur more than you like North by Northwest. Yeah, look, really. I, I, this Ben Hur is doing my head in on my list. I'm really? Like, <laughs> every time I look at it, I'm like three and a half. Really? You 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 gotta drop that. That is that is ridiculous. <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't even talk about like the end of this film. Like, oh, it's so fucking boring. We didn't even talk about the last third of the film, but that f- that first two thirds was really, really, really good. Wow, 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 wow! All right, before we continue on, we just like to say the show is brought to you by our awesome patrons who've been supporting the show for coming up to three years now, Dean, and I genuinely mean very close to three years now. Sure, you do, Hendo. You say that every week. <laughs> Now, we are in the middle of our James Bond series over there. We just released Live and Let Die, just hitting up the Roger Moore films now on our road to No Time to Die. Hopefully, that release date doesn't change now. We also did a patron requested review on Get Out. It was a nice discussion about a very modern film over there. Yeah, love talking about Get Out. Must have just missed it when we uh, started the podcast, Endo. That's actually true. It would have been just just come out a couple of months prior to starting the podcast. But we've done that over there now. If you'd like to check out that episode, along with many other episodes, I think we're hitting up nearly 140 episodes, I think, over there now. Just head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney. All right, mate, let's get to... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this could be it. Oh! 
where we have our awesome patrons review the films that we break down. All right, from Nerdrovert here, we have Chaplin films are a huge blind spot for me that I want to correct. That being said, The Gold Rush stands the test of time surprisingly well. When it comes to physical comedy, the list of people who can hang with Chaplin is incredibly short. The biggest flaw in this film would probably be the lack of plotline with any real depth. Despite this though, Chaplin challenges you to look away and keeps you engaged anytime he is on screen. The Forks dinner rolls dance scene is iconic and even though it's 96 years old, still made me laugh. Three out of five. Thanks for that, Nerdrovert. Thank you very much, Nerdrovert. All right, over on our Discord page, we've got one from Luke James Human. Charlie Chaplin is certainly a cinema icon, but until today, I'd never seen any of his feature films. Almost a century certainly takes its toll, but this still retains a real charm. Chaplin's presence is all-encompassing, being the focal point of every scene he's in. The physical comedy is smart, but a little subdued when compared to Keaton, and is best when he has a straight man to work with. The feat of filmmaking accomplished here should not be understated, and was probably mind-blowing at the time of release. The whole package, though, is a little vanilla. The comedy is fairly stale to a 21st century audience, and the Jeopardy is pretty low-key. Watchable, but not the best of the silent film comedies out there. Pretty, pretty solid review there, Luke. And lastly here on the Patreon page from Ben at the Film Busters podcast, no one is more shocked than me that my rewatch of Chaplin's A Gold Rush was not as funny as I remember. I love the man. His physical presence and expressions are second to none in silent cinema. This just wasn't funny enough. Seven out of ten, Ben. Come on. (laughs) That is the most negative seven out of ten review I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, guys, for putting in a review there. But, of course, we've got... (sighs) Well, after a long and tedious journey, we're finally here. I'll tell you, it hasn't been easy on me. 2001 Space Odyssey, high and low, old boy, Paris, Texas... A good movie? Getting massacred by Dean? It's just been an endless sea of crap, hasn't it? But thank God, I finally get to talk about a good movie for once. And it's not just any good movie, as I'm sure many of us have this beauty in our top 10 films of all time, yes. I think it could even be up there for me. Anyway, where do I start? The cast is absolutely phenomenal. It's hard to pick a favourite. Let me see, you've got Marlon Brando. Um... Al Pacino, of course, Robert Duvall, James Kahn, very excellent, good, very good. Um, wait a second. What's that noise? Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't tell me. I thought we were doing The Godfather. What is... What the hell is The Gold Rush? Oh, not another silent film. Haven't we done enough of those already? Seriously. I, I can't believe this. I, I can't believe this. And I'll... I'll tell you what, for a silent movie, it's pretty fucking noisy. Ugh. I just watched it. There was a bear, a chicken, a cabin, some snow, a bar with ladies, a boat at the end. Don't even ask me, you know, what the plot was. Did I laugh? Yeah, I laughed at Chaplin's silly smile. But I'll tell you right now, if Marlon Brando... Al Pacino learned how to grin like a child, Mr. Chaplin would be out of a job. One and a half stars. Well, there you go. Uh, you fooled the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought, oh no, he's gone. Hendo's played the wrong uh, recording here. Wow. Uh, that was that was probably your most well thought out and uh, 
most production heavy review, I must say. You got music going here. <laughs> uh, no, oh, very good, Shane. Very good. Yeah, very good, mate. So, what's next? Well, I think we should double down with Chaplin Hendo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's. No. Okay. So, what we're going to do now is we've actually already discussed the next batch of films that we're going to be breaking down on our pa- for our patrons a little while ago. So, we're going to actually drop that audio in now where you're going to hear the next four films are breaking down. Now, next week is a Pod V Pod. So, there's no breakdown for that one. But, of course, after that, we do another batch of four movies. So, let's go find out what they will be. Dean, you're always first with these picks, so why don't you tell us what you're picking? Uh, okay, so it's a big one. I'm not- Ooh, you're going big. Yeah, I'm going big. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I wanna, I've wanted to do this for a while, and I was talking to someone about this film, and I was like, man, I've got to pick this. I just, I wanted to watch it so much just by talking about it. I was like, well, I can't just watch it willy-nilly because, you know, we do these. So I was like, nah, I'll just pick it. It is a Best Picture winner. Ooh. It is The Godfather. Oh, jeez. All right. We're going there. We're okay. going The Godfather, Hendo. That's massive. Holy shit. All right. I I am very pumped for that one for sure. For sure. Let's make June Let's make June a very good month, Hendo. Don't let us a down. Very good month. What are you going to pick? <laughs> I was going to pick something else. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to pick Godfather Part 2. What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Fuck it. Let's do it. Wow. That is... That's quite the header. Uh, do we do we have to do Part 3 now? I mean, we have to. We do have to. Yeah. Might throw that to the uh, patrons as, a, as a, an extra little bonus up there. Why not? All right. Yeah, no, I'd be into that. Cool. And considering... This is, what, this is what I was thinking as well, before you mentioned Godfather. Considering that the breakdown after that is our breakdown number 100, Ooh. we were contemplating doing something a little, you know, a little fun for that. Why don't we go the big banger? Why don't we do the Shawshank Redemption? For number 100. Yep, number 100. Hmm. I was always sort of thinking like that could be the last film we do. Wow. You, you want to wait four more years or whatever it is to do the Shawshank Redemption? I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, are all of those in the top ten? They are. They're like one, two, three. Yeah. We're just knocking them all out. <laughs> are, you, are you sure you want to do this? Fuck it. Let's do it. Wow. We're in lockdown. Is, what else we got to do? This is as loose as you get, Hendo. Yeah, who You're cares? You're a bad man. Why not? i got nothing else to do. I mean, you still work. Yeah, but I'm not doing anything else. It's not like I'm going out and, you know, having dinners out in places and, you know, venturing up to the city to have I mean, nights out. Are you normally that social, Hendo? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You don't know me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so does that take the place of our random one? Yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's let's tick off the random number generator for that, and we'll push the patron pick back an extra week, so that can be pick uh, one hundred and one or breakdown one hundred and one that the patrons will pick here. Oh, big shout out first to uh, David Powell who decided that he wanted us to break down Doctor Strange Love again. <laughs> A true fan. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, it was a forgettable episode. <laughs> to be fair, every episode to you is forgettable. This is true. All right, are you ready? Let's do it. We have nine. Number nine. Wowza. Oh, God. The pick is from Jamie Russell, and he has picked One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. 
This is huge this month. This is a a big, big banger of a four-rank movie that we're doing. I think this will be the biggest one. Yeah, I was going to say, this will be our biggest ever month. Insane. Ah, so you can see why Shane was so keen to watch The Godfather, hey? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, we're certainly we're certainly coming into a good run now, Hendo. This this run is just insanity. I can't wait for this one. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but that is not for next week. You do have to wait. We everyone has to wait one more week for that. We have a Pod v Pod next week. It's going to be good, good fun, good times as always. But until then, thank you very much, everyone, for checking out this episode, and we'll see you next week for Pod v Pod. Bye.